Welcome to the EMT Pro Podcast, where we deliver relevant EMS content from the field and the classroom each week. Episodes of this podcast can get you one full hour of CE through our partner, emt-ce.com. So head over there for more information. I'm your host, Steve Williams, and with me today is Dan and Holly. Guys, say hi. Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. I'm doing really good, actually. I'm doing great after this coffee you bought me. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. We've got a awesome episode plan. It's actually going to be a two-part series, we've decided, on basically everything ketamine-related. Yes. Um, We've got an awesome guest today. Um, He's actually a former intern of mine that I had when he was in paramedic school. Um, His name is Isaiah Burkhart, and we'll get him on here in just a second. And then uh, our next episode will be with our staff uh, physician, uh, Dr. Selback, and he's going to uh, give us the ER physician side of ketamine and to talk to us about everything that he sees with it, good, bad, ugly, everything. So I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. It's going to this be is good. one of those drugs, as you guys know, is a little controversial, a little bit, you yeah, know, some docs love it. Some docs, you know, really freak mm-hmm. out when they find out their patient's coming in with it administered. Um, and there's a lot that's just kind of unknown about it. So, well, they need to do the research because it's a great drug. It is a great drug. I'm it is. Fan. And even a couple of years ago in EMS, it was so controversial mm-hmm. with the TBI and this yeah. and, you know, all it the misinformation. Still, it still is. It still yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I, th- I love it because it keeps us safe. I've had numerous calls um, over the last 15 years where we didn't have ketamine on board and we tried Versed first. And yep. when you have certain overdoses that people are completely tripping out on, they metabolize that percent so fast it doesn't do anything, but maybe slow them down ten percent. Yeah, yeah, and, and it also hits a different. It does that totally different in the uh, mechanism in the brain. Yeah, than the ketamine does. Well, hey, let's get Isaiah on, and we'll kind of get this episode rolling. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds cool. great. Okay, hey Isaiah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, Steve. Awesome. Cool, man. Really excited to have you on the show today. Um, as you know, we're talking about ketamine and um, I'm really interested to get your background on it because um, and I'll let you kind of explain all of that, but uh, special forces guy and then currently working in fire and EMS. So really interested to get your take on things. And then the other thing is we're going to have this, this two-part series where we kind of do some case studies now and then we uh, we bring our um, our friend Dr. Selback on to uh, kind of do more of the the background on it, the the actual information on the drug itself, pharmacodynamics, kinetics, and everything else. So this should be fun. You, you give me the the spiel because I know it was special forces, but I'm going to get all the other information wrong. So, uh, yeah. So I I was in Third Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment for six years from like. 2000, I went in the service in 2002 and then like with all the training and stuff, by the time I got in there, it was 2003, got out in 2008 and then I did another five years in the National Guard just in Oregon, kind of like double dipping my GI slash the National Guard paying for some stuff and went and got a biology degree at OSU and stuff and thought I wanted to go to vet school and then changed my mind on that and went into uh, went to paramedic school. Uh, and then, yeah, that was actually kind of the time right around then when I met Steve and he actually ended up being my preceptor with too, too much chagrin initially, I think being like, really, you guys gave me another person. <laughs> how, how, was he, how was he as a preceptor? Cause he, he really oh, toots his own horn. 
being a five-star medic. I'm Here we go. On how, Here we go. How he is. Uh, he got me ready. I, I can say that for sure. Um, yeah, because I came. I I feel like I I and I think this is true for me still, and I think it's an issue with like a lot of people. Uh, is just I was really good under high stress situations because that was how I was trained to. I mean, we used to do these like just in training these gnarly stress shoots where they would get your you know get you completely exhausted and like not able to think straight on your feet kind of thing. And then you have to perform these tasks and, you know, at a really super high level. And so we used to do that all the time. So I was really good. And I mean, I've, there's many times where I'm in situations where I was like, I would literally be rather be in a firefight right now with rounds skipping off the ground around me than where I'm at right now. Like uncomfortable social situation, you know, <laughs> where I'm like, dude, put me in a firefight right now. And I'm way more in my element because I know, what my duties are and I know what I'd be doing and I know the outcome. Whereas these like, it's like going on a really like those calls that are like, it's maybe a psych call or something. And you're like trying to figure out what the heck can I do here? This is like a really uncomfortable, maybe it's a family problem thing. Yeah. It's like, so Steve mm-hmm. got me ready for like, I think on that side of things, like prepared more in the sense of like, obviously medical side of stuff really prepared there's still things that I remember he told me that I'm like, yeah, I still don't have that down all the way yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, scope, the scope of some of the things people are like, yeah, dude, that's like beyond paramedic stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe we should start doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I remember, I remember going to town on just random classes with you and just, yeah, way over prepared you, but it was a good thing. <laughs> I'm the, thinking back when yeah, I was a no, police officer. We did Mad Libs and <laughs> played frisbee, crossword yeah. puzzles. <laughs> no, exactly. That's rad. Um, I remember my first day with Isaiah as an intern. He would show up and we'd go on these calls, and I'm kind of standing back, right? Because that's kind of your your job is to let them kind of run things until they get into a pickle, and then come in and see what you can do to fix it. And he would, he had this in, in my, my lieutenant at the time was the one who noticed it. He's like, watch this guy. And I go, yeah, I know. He's kind of like looking people up and down and like <laughs> assessing the scene. And, and he had this like complete awareness of his surroundings because he was sizing people up. Like, is right. this a threat? Right. Mm-hmm. And it ha- it was a weird, not weird, but it was a, a challenge to take someone who has that high of a, you know, situational awareness and kind of take it down a notch to, hey man, we're here to, you know, this is our person, like, that's awesome the opposite on scene of what safety you're normally thing. teaching. Yeah. <laughs> but scene safety is, is something we briefly ensure that we have, and then we're on to 100% patient contact. And he was like, scene safety, scene safety, scene safety, scene safety, you know. Right. And so, it, but you know what, on a side note, it was good. On a side note, that would be a great topic for a, it really a podcast. Yeah. Isaiah, you said that you had a couple things that you wanted to bring up, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I like my initial experience with ketamine was when I was a teenager and one of my buddies was like, hey, I got this stuff, took ketamine, we're like sitting on his couch in his living room, like tries to stand up, takes one step, like takes a header right into the coffee table and knocks himself (laughs) out. And I'm like, what is this stuff? And I like, you know, I'm like a teenager, I maybe smoked pot a couple times and stuff like that growing up and I'm like, oh my God, this is scary, like it's terrifying. And then like... Fast forward like years later and I'm like, oh yeah, there's that drug like veterinarians use it. I remember like one of my buddies trying to use it with like not a very good outcome. 
And then, you know, fast forward into getting into becoming a paramedic and I'm like, oh, this is a really useful drug. And, and then more recently, um, you know, it's like one of my first call, even one of my first calls when I was uh, up in fire was this a guy that basically went into what we would call it excited delirium. Right. And, and I'm like pretty new and we end up like dosing this guy with a really high dose, you know, probably, I think we did probably somewhere around 400 milligrams of ketamine on this mm-hmm. guy, like in two separate doses. And I, and like, I remember like the sheriffs, this was like out in the County outside of town and the sheriffs are like, there's like five guys on top of this guy, just trying to hold him down. Cause he's like freaking out. Like he's pulling his own hair out, like scratching it himself. I mean, it's just like, totally that typical like well i guess there is no really typical excited delirium but you guys i know you guys have all seen Mm -hmm. some sort of semblance of that where it's like wow this is like this person's like running naked down the middle of the highway kind of thing and they're gonna get themselves or somebody else injured right and so we're trying to do something to just like stop the process and watching this happen and then being like giving like 400 milligrams of ketamine and like sitting there and being like, wow, this is like taking a while. And I remember even one of the sheriffs like looking up over at me and he's like, you know, drenched in sweat, like just trying to hold this guy down. And, you know, and it, and it's like a totally appropriate situation. It was just like, I think it's nerve wracking for everybody. And they're like looking at me going, how long is this supposed to take, dude? Like, are we, you know, like, is this going to kick in? And I remember we ended up actually giving the guy, I think, like, another two and a half of her said. And then finally, after a couple minutes, like, he just sedated. You know, we get him on the gurney and get him to the hospital. Everything is fine from there. So So that was, like, one of my first. And I'm assuming that was I am based on his excited delirium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold hold still while we start an ID. All of that. Yeah, so all of that was all I am, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So and, and And we've added then... Uh, quite a process with ketamine where we've kind of changed protocols many, mm-hmm. many times. And even recently we've like added some things and taken certain things away. Like, yeah, you can do this or you can't do that. We should say, um, when was the first, what was your first experience giving ketamine? Do you remember your very first call? ever? Yeah, no, I, that excited delirium call where like the sheriffs were trying to hold the kid down and stuff. That was that my, was your very first I was like, experience. Yeah, I was like two weeks on probation kind of thing. And I'm like, what is this? You know what's you know? weird, Isaiah? Is I was, I used to work in, uh, in the city next to you on the helicopter. And the only two times I've given IM ketamine was over there on car wrecks and it worked yeah. amazing. And we so didn't we have do, to RSI him. Yeah. It was that good. What yeah. was the, what was the first time you ever gave it? Do you remember? I think it was just RSI. Yeah, RSI. Yeah, RSI. Yeah. So, my first is a pretty epic story. The quick synopsis is we get, uh, we hear a ambulance get tapped out for, um, a police issue. Again, these police issues become ketamine calls. I swear. I know. Um, Oh no, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> we, we get, we, we're hearing this and it's, it's at a, a bank about just a few blocks from our station. And I'm like, ah, this kind of sounds a little squirrely. Maybe we should you know, assign ourselves to this call and go give them some help because we only have two-person medics. And so they're rolling around and we want to make sure they have enough hands-on scene if they need to. So uh, we self-dispatch, uh, which we have an okay to do for calls in our district. And we head there and we're the first ones on scene because it's literally, you know, three, four blocks from our station. And uh, the, the cop meets me outside and he goes, hey, 
here's what we got. Um, this guy walked into the bank, took off his clothes, and uh, basically told the entire group in there that was um, in the bank that uh, he's going to kill them all. And, um, you know, God had sent him here to you know, do this. Like, oh, okay. Well, this is interesting. So this guy is um, currently has one foot inside the cop car, and there's only two <laughs> cops. He's handcuffed, but he's only got uh, one foot in, and they, they – Is he still naked? Yeah. Okay. And they can't get him into the – They're slippery the when they're naked. Oh, yeah. They're very slippery, and not to mention this is broad daylight. So there's <laughs> – 50 people with their phones out oh, yeah. filming Aww. everything, right? So walk up and I introduce myself because I'm like, oh, I'll just kill him with kindness, right? You know, this will be no big deal. And uh, <laughs> this guy's, you know, butt naked looking at me and he goes, um, I told him, hi, my name is Steve, you know, I'm paramedic. Um, what's going on? You doing okay? And he said, oh, Steve, yeah, I knew that was your name. <laughs> he goes, I created you after all. And I go, oh, Oh, that's interesting. I've never had anyone tell me they created me. And, uh, he goes, yeah, God sent me here to do this or that or whatever. And he's like looking through me. Like I'm, I'm not even right. in his presence, right. right? He's, he's, I'm not even on his radar. And, uh, so right around this time, uh, I decide, well, we're not going to do this, uh, you know, kill him with kindness route anymore. We're going to have to sedate this guy because he's actively fighting getting in this police car. More cops show up. Uh, our ambulance crew shows up and we come up with this plan of, Hey, we're going to, you know, we always, when we have a, when we make these plans, it's always okay. Right arm, left arm, left leg, right leg. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. whoever's there to help, do, you know, hold the rest, let's, let's, you know, make sure we get them, you know, good and secured down. Especially when they're naked. Especially when they're naked. So get this guy, put him on the cot. Uh, and then we just, you know, did I am at that point too. And, he was in mid sentence, you know, just telling these cops everything he thought about them, and he was rah, rah, rah. just done, just done. And it was, you know, mouth is still open, like right. you know, cover him up, take him up to the hospital, and everything. But uh, yeah, he was a uh, he was on bath salts. Oh, what we found out. and that was in your protocol at the time. Mm-hmm. We had, I mean, this was within the first three months of having it in our okay. protocols. We were, this call came in, and awesome, awesome drug though. But my learning points for it are. Um, and they're actually in our protocols now. We've updated it a few times as we've <laughs> gotten more you know, yeah. calls giving it. Uh, we have to give uh, one to two, one to two point five milligrams of Versed um, to help with that emergent reaction, and then we also have to give uh, Zofran just for you know potential mm-hmm. puking and having a compromised airway. Um, but that's really the only kind of two things that I know that we do that may be a little bit different from folks, but. Yeah, when we first put ketamine in our protocols, it was, we had to give it with fentanyl. It wasn't just a sole pain management right. um, yeah. tool. It was along with a narcotic. Yeah, we had to give 200 before mm-hmm. we gave the, uh, the ketamine. Yeah, and the, we had a similar, I think, I believe initially when they were, when they added it into the pain management. It's different now. I'm trying to remember what the protocol was, but I believe it was initially like, if you've given, you know, fentanyl with no relief, basically you can go to this low dose of ketamine to see if it'll help. So that was like, kind of like the, okay, we're just going to, because you know, fortunately, like one of our medical directors is a retired uh, naval flight surgeon. So he used it a ton mm-hmm. and he's a big fan of it. 
so like i think it a lot of it is like i don't know where it came from or what but it seems like in certain parts of the medical community there's like this stigma with ketamine well like, there was the whole maybe because thing, if you unknown. can't give it in tbi and that was right. the misinformation yeah. for yeah. so long that people believed it yeah. wholeheartedly and thankfully yeah, that there was like a one, like a three person study. It was, <laughs> like it was a done in neonatal from like neonates. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With hydrocephalus. <laughs> right. That uh, was the study. Yeah. So when you were in the military, uh, how frequently was it used back in the early 2000s? Uh, as far as I remember it, uh, regular. I mean, that was kind of the okay. drug that, that mm-hmm. our medics used. And I mean, our, uh, our medics, like in, in Ranger Baton, are, are fantastic. You know, they're basically they go to the same course that like all the you know special forces, you know, uh, medics go, and the, any of the you know the guys from Delta or anything like that. All their medics. So it's like it's the high level, like SOMC or SOCOM, people call um, at Fort Bragg, and it's like you know this super expensive course, and these guys and they're you know doing goat labs and using ketamine and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I unfortunately we were. I operated, I did six deployments overseas and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to not be around a lot of our guys getting, getting injured that mm-hmm. frequently or, you know, any sort of like massive catastrophic injuries, really, really close calls. Um, there were definitely platoons in my battalion that, that had that, but I just always ended up being with groups. It seemed like, um, where we didn't have that much of it, but the times they were used, yeah, yeah, ketamine was the, was the drug of choice. And from, you know, our medics were huge fans of it. And that was like really when I, when I first was kind of changed my mind on it from the, like the couch experience with my buddy in high school to like our medics being like, Oh, this is like a really, really good drug. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, if you say so. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, and then on that side of it with ketamine, my daughter last year, um, she breaks her arm in the classroom. She's in my daughter's class uh, as a first grader. So it's like, had this whole set, okay, you want to have your daughter in the class? Okay, She's well, in she your, breaks in your her arm. Class, right? in, yeah, in, yeah, in my wife's class. So she, my daughter's in my wife's class, and she breaks her arm in the classroom. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, full on radius ulna like looked like a teepee kind of thing like and i'm on of course you know it happens while i'm on duty and i happen to be like we have a situation uh like a bls program and i was working on our like suv where i'm like the paramedic that goes with the emts on the medic uh yeah so i'm like i get called and i'm like oh i gotta go to the er my daughter's at the er so i show up i'm like oh and she's sitting there you know sobbing they've got a, like a towel hanging over it and i'm like all right listen up let me see that thing it's probably not that bad you know i'm like oh oh okay yeah hey hey when can we get her in like uh where can we not be in the waiting room any longer and uh yeah and so they ended up giving her um ketamine for the mm-hmm. they had to reduce it and um they gave her ketamine like in one of the trauma rooms in the er and put her under reduced it and uh but you know i ended up taking off the rest of the day gave me a re- got me a release for the rest of the day just so i could be in the er with my daughter and just the experience i've been on many calls where we're like we give the ketamine but I never get to see what the reaction is of the people when they're coming off of it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's like one thing that I don't, I don't have that experience. Like Holly, you probably have that experience because mm-hmm. you're a nurse, you work in a hospital, you see people who like, okay, they're coming back off of it. Whereas like, I'd never experienced that before. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, my daughter's like tri- what we would call tripping out, right? Like, they're like little like, drunk people in the ER. So what was, exactly. and what was that like, like? She was telling me, uh, it was a little nerve wracking, but also like, once I realized that it was like, it was actually fairly positive things that she was like, you know, having some, she was having a little delusions, some hallucinations. Like she told me that there were hamburgers all over the ceiling and that she was going to eat the ceiling. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I was like, okay. Uh, and I just kind of rolled with it. I was like, Oh, there's hamburgers on the ceiling. Awesome. Like how many are you going to eat? You know? And and she's like telling me all this and you know, the doctor who just did the reduction comes in the room and she's like, why do you have two heads? (laughs) <laughs> did she have no <laughs> did you notice yeah she... you um yes she did yeah, yeah. she had a segment Big time. for sure yeah mm-hmm. and that was why i was like oh she probably that's why she's like seen double i'm assuming and uh but yeah it was just it was one of those experiences where i was like okay but then when we were all done with it and having conversations with her i mean she's about to turn eight now this was just before so she was six when this happened and, and it was just before her uh her seventh birthday and you know for a little girl that i mean it's my daughter so it's like i'd you know burn down the world to save her probably and uh i'm like you know it's really nerve-wracking and i'm like well i have to understand like i'm giving this to patients like why am i so scared that they gave this to my daughter and then seeing that reaction afterwards, yeah, there were some interesting <laughs> conversations with her. But now when I ask her about the experience, she doesn't have any of this, like, negative thought of, like, the actual breaking her arm. Like, to her, it wasn't a big deal. And, um, you know, she does remember some of the stuff in the hospital after, like, coming off those conversations. And she said she remembers, like, the doctor looking like what she said, an alien and stuff like that. But to her, it was it's not, like, a negative experience. And so I was like, okay, this kind of this definitely is a really like it, it to me it seemed like okay this is safe it almost was like the light bulb went off and i'm like yeah this is a really safe drug to use mm-hmm. in, the, in that sense because like i've never i also have never seen anybody get like you know gnarly re- respiratory depression like when we've given too much fentanyl or too much reset or something like that it's Whereas, interesting you uh, say that because in the ER, for especially for the pediatric population, we would do reductions all the time with ketamine because uh, the alternative is propofol and fentanyl, and you have to have the airway roll ready, and um, they have to be. Of course, we're monitoring them anyways. But you have to be ready to intubate because they can definitely have right. decreased respirations or decreased blood pressure, and the whole. Um, the preparation and the side effects are so much greater than just giving a little disassociative ketamine to get through the process. And absolutely. And and just like one additional thing that, that just more recently was I've while I'm I'm becoming even more I, I kind of like really jazzed on ketamine right now. <laughs> so um, You're on ketamine right a, now. <laughs> I'm really jazzed about it. Um yeah, so really, really jazzed about it, and is in one of the big reasons is it's just like seeing the positive psychological effects that it's having in the military, like the 
veteran community in a sense Mm -hmm. because i um and then also just people with severe depression and all of the the new advances that are coming out with it um i have a really close friend who uh is using actually has gone in he's on the three sessions uh for ketamine therapy Mm -hmm. um for basically this like um it, what they, I guess, what they call like a non-treatable depression or like very, very high anxiety. He's in a super high-stress job uh, with a lot of responsibility and uh, just nothing's been working. I mean, he's just been kind of pinging for the last, you know, year of his life and like really stressed out and just like it's affected a lot of different things in, in his in his life. And he's gone three times. We have had conversations after each of them, and it's like you know, he told me the negatives and the positives, but overall he's like, this is changing my life. Like mm-hmm. my anxiety level is at all time low. I'm, you know, wow. and, and it, it's, it's really cool to see. And I mean, there's so much of the, like physiologically, like what the, is it actually doing in the brain? Like, what is it doing? Um, and that like with different receptors and things and creating different neural connections and all that stuff. And it's just a, a really interesting, uh, drug that, uh, I think is in the EMS community is almost like in the field is almost underutilized. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. For absolutely. So, yeah. For so long, we've been like narcs, 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 benzos, benzos, benzos. And I'm like, wait, this, we got this really cool thing right here that can do a lot of what those do, but without the long-term side effects or potential, you know, addictive properties. Right. Yeah, it is underutilized. And our, you know, I started doing this a long time ago, but really in the big scheme of things, it was 2002. And we didn't sedate after intubation. We didn't give pain medications for abdominal or back pain. You know, we were just so stingy with any kind of sedation or pain management. So really putting ketamine into our toolbox, you know, that toolbox really doesn't have very many tools in it to begin with. No. Um, so I love that we're being able to use ketamine more and more. Um, but you're right. It's completely underutilized. Pain management and sedation is underutilized anyway in EMS. But uh, I hope Absolutely. ketamine will replace some of those other things that we have. Hey, Isaiah, a question for you, buddy. So in your protocol, yes, you, you actually have a protocol for excited delirium? We, yeah, so it's under our altered mental status protocol. There's like a sub bullet in there for excited delirium. And yeah, so we, we basically run, obviously we're, we're assuming that if the person has excited delirium that we're doing an IM dose. Um, yeah, and we do, um, it's two to four milligrams per kilogram. Three to four, you um, two, two to four. Two to yeah, four. Two to, two to four. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, and then we also like, That's so we lot. use it for, so we have it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. So, um, in, in honestly, I've, I've, when we were first using it, it was like two to four and everybody was just like using four and it was like a huge dose. Right. Um, it seemed, it seemed like that. Um, I've, the, I haven't been on one of those actually in, in quite some time, but there was kind of a, I think we had either just like, I think it was basically like, you know, people are calling it excited delirium. Uh, what I think morally it's more attributed to is we got like a, in town, there was a gnarly batch of meth going around. Right. And mm-hmm. people were going into like, 
these really crazy like meth psychosis events that where you know they're getting really hot i don't know if they're mixing it with other synthetic street drugs or things like that you know like what what old school like bath salt style stuff or what but um and that's the the, the bad the, the not i guess the bad part but the thing that we don't find a lot i mean we have our case reviews and stuff like that but there's a lot of cases where many times we don't find out we don't get to see the the drug screen after the fact and actually see like oh what was that guy on or you know what what's the talk screen say whereas like being in in the field so it's like we go on to our next call and we get off shift and then you kind of forget about it um but yeah, so we use it for excited delirium. And then we also like the, and that's really, and when I know you had sent some stuff just to talk about mixing ketamine with benzos and uh, really the only spot in our protocol where we would do that is basically uh, like a continued sedation for mm-hmm. somebody with excited delirium. So it's like we give them the initial dose of ketamine. It's good to go. And then maybe we'll give them like, two and a half IV over said uh, for a continued sedation. If we like, you know, we're, we're out far enough where we need that. Um, mm-hmm. But being like, you know, in, in Bend, Oregon, like none of our, our ASA goes out, you know, 69 miles outside of town, like east. So it goes really far, but at the same time, there's not a high population out there. So we're not really going on these types of calls. It's pretty much in town and most of our transports are, less than 10 minutes on average so it's like are we needing the continued sedation rarely um so it's not something that we do a lot so i don't have a lot of experience of like seeing any like negative side effects necessarily with mixing benzos with ketamine um the stuff that i've seen we use it for pain oh go ahead the the stuff that i've seen is more geared towards you give the benzo for a couple different reasons. One is that continued sedation, but the second is um, to help with that emergence yeah. reaction that comes from and, people mm-hmm. coming out of ketamine. And generally, it's before, right? You mm-hmm. give the, the benzo before, and mm-hmm. then you give the ketamine. When when we can, that's what we do. Right. right. But, you know, we, we've had a few instances where you, I mean, we have to give the ketamine first just right. due just to, to calm them down. crazy, you know, stuff going on. So can I pop in real quick? Um so you gave it's two to four milligrams per kilogram and uh something I finally I'm wondering about. though, real quick on that dose, uh-huh. I'm wondering if the two is for IV and the IM is for four. Is that what you guys do? No, it's two to four IM. And I'm not okay. I can't oh, I, I can't give you a got it. Yeah, if that's all I am. Yeah, it's that's all I am. All I am okay. that, yeah. Which makes sense because you wouldn't probably wouldn't have an IV in that patient, right? And our dose is two milligrams IV of ketamine, okay, four milligrams IM. So that makes a lot more with a repeat dose Mm -hmm. of 0.5 to one. That's for excited delirium. That's for chemical restraint. Yeah, for excited. So we don't have that in Tri County area. Yeah, we and that's one of our problems is, is we have to like the other day I had to kind of fidget things around to uh to try to work it as a pain dose, which is way too low. It didn't yeah. even yeah. touch them. But I, but something, I mean, I've overdosed a lot of people on ketamine and you can't really overdose them. I mean, they hit that threshold of dis- dissociation mm-hmm. and it just makes it go longer and longer. It doesn't do anything else. Yeah. So it's just, and it yeah, scared absolutely. me to death. I thought, oh my gosh, just, I'm going to deliver this guy to the hospital. He's going to die. And, it just extends it out longer and longer, mm-hmm. which is okay. Well, it doesn't. It's okay for, um, I think, for what we do. And then 
I know that we had talked about this before, but Justin Lassick had uh, written a paper about his own experience with ketamine and how actually terrifying it is to have solely ketamine on board right, because yeah. time doesn't mean anything. If there's right. any aggression toward you, it's life or death. It mm-hmm. feels like you're in this because you're in that disassociative state. Um, it's just like a conversation you have right now you know, hold still Right. that repeats for hours or days. And you're just kind of in this crazy, um, state of panic. Yeah. Right. And so we never really think of, I've never considered that until reading that personal experience that maybe for our patients Mm -hmm. throwing that benzo on board, if it's safe, um, might be a better thing for them. You know, we are really thinking about us and our safety and getting the patient to the hospital. But as we grow with our ketamine experience, hopefully we can take that in consideration too. Yeah. I think the the thing that Justin's paper actually changed my course of action on a call just this last couple of weeks. It was a pretty awesome call start to finish. So... We had uh, responded to a call. There was a, uh, I don't even remember what they tapped it out as, but it was, oh, it was a code one uh, police request for eval or something like that. And so I'm getting in the the rig, looking at our computer, going, okay, what are we going on? And I'm reading that the police haven't even gotten on scene yet. They just requested us to the scene after getting the info themselves. Mm -hmm. So we show up right around the same time. Um, engine ambulance and three police officers and we're met outside by a uh, girlfriend and roommate of this college student and we're talking to them and they say you know they, you can tell like things are messed up that something's not going right they're really worried and they're saying yeah he just took um, these three acid pills don't know anything else about him um, but he's not he's he's completely out of it we're like okay and so they actually were on this driveway, and it's kind of hard to explain, but they point down to this basement apartment window. And so we can look in the window and see this guy breaking anything that was breakable. Like he's just going nuts in this apartment. And so I'm thinking about Justin's paper that he wrote, and we'll put it, um, we'll put that paper in the show notes um, on our website. And that thought goes through my brain of, okay, we need to do what we have to do, but we have to make sure that once he has ketamine on board, because that was going to be our drug of choice, that we've got to make sure that everybody's talking to him, you know, calmly and you know, mm-hmm. gently and not amping anything up with uh, unneeded, you know, words or aggression or anything like that. So we tell these three police officers, hey, this is the plan. Um, this is what we're going to do once you guys essentially go in there and help us restrain him. And they're like, okay, yeah, sounds good. So we are probably 15 feet back, a room away from these three police officers that go in. And we told them what we needed them to do, right, by, like, talking sweet and everything. And this guy, big, big cop. Right. And and he's, you know, first in the door, and he's, you know, let's say this guy's name is Josh. Um, Hey, Josh. All right, buddy. Hey, man, so we need you to, you know, kind of calm down. And and Josh, you know, is so high out of his mind. He has no idea what's going on, right? (laughs) He turns and just charges Right at the officer and the, the cop, I hear him go, oh, bad decision, bad decision. And then I hear, bam, you know, this this guy just gets flattened, right? And so now this cop's on top of this kid and he's like, hey, Josh, hey, buddy, 
bad bad decision, but hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to get you taken care of, you know. And so we go in, uh, give this guy. We we gave him three hundred total. Um, I am, and the thing that I love about ketamine is how quickly it is, uh, how quickly it acts. Um, I am. You, you see them out within it's within a minute or two. It seems like they really start to slow down, and they're completely out within just a few. And but everybody was on board with this, like talking nicely to this kid. And boy, that doesn't happen. I love that. No, it was great. I love that. And then the best part was though, these cops uh, went outside and were giving reports to the roommate and to the uh, girlfriend, and just saying, "Hey, I know that this looks, you know, kind of crazy to see us dogpile on this kid, but it's really for his safety. We're making sure that he's going to get taken up to the hospital and get taken care of." And it was just overall like a really, really cool thing. And I actually sent their sergeant a note and just said, "Hey, these guys crushed this call. Like nice. it was, it was awesome. Um, it was really happy to, to yeah. work so well with them." But. I think we need, I think we need more of that too, like that positive reinforcement, especially mm-hmm. in our law enforcement community, because we work so closely with these guys. And I know, like, I work with so many guys here and then that are just fantastic humans mm-hmm. and individuals that are trying to do a really good thing for their community, and it's been really, you know, obviously our political climate. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder the, what else we're, yeah. what other kind of trauma <laughs> we're providing for our patients when we're sedating them and then throwing them in helicopters and, you know, doing right. all that kind of stuff. Cause we don't get to interview them afterwards. Right. How was your experience? Yeah. You know, um, 100%. and maybe they just didn't have the wherewithal or like the, mental fortitude to write this amazing paper like Justin wrote um, to try to educate all of us on what it's really like. It's really fascinating. Um, totally. And makes me think and of I, all know, the times I have done I, it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It was interesting too. Uh, my, my close friend who's done this uh, ketamine therapy just for the anti-anxiety stuff mm-hmm. and him just bringing up you know, he doesn't know like the, the necessary like medical lingo stuff of like, cause we added in, in our protocols, there was a period where I, I don't know, maybe it was two years ago or something where we literally couldn't get fentanyl. There was like supposedly mm-hmm. some national fentanyl or shortage or something. And so all we had was morphine for basically a narc, uh, for pain management. And you know, how many people have we gone on to, you ask them what's with that, what's our allergic to, and it's like, you know, your standard penicillin, whatever. And it's always like codeine or morphine. They're like, oh, I'm allergic to it. Well, what happens? So I get really sick. Well, you're probably not actually allergic. You just like, it makes people sick a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up going on like a, a hip fracture on a lady. And this was during that period of time. And she was like, went, she fell on her back, went gardening, fell out. She's obviously got like a pretty severe injury. She's in a lot of pain. And she ends up, I'm having, just talking to her, okay, this is what I'm going to do. She's like, hey, t- whatever you tell me, just let me know what you're doing. I'm like, I'm a retired ICU nurse, and I just want to know what you're giving me and all that stuff. Oh, okay, absolutely. You know, ask your allergies. She says, well, I am legitimately allergic to morphine. Like, I will break out in hives if I get it. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we don't want to do that. Well, we had just, they add, because of this, they're like, we need to have another pain control type thing. So they added ketamine in as a pain management dose. Mm-hmm. It was like, we're just doing this kind of temporarily to like, I think kind of trial run it in a way. You know, I think the fear of it is people are like, oh, 
we give them this dose, they're going to go totally trip out and have this horrible psychological experience and all these things. Um, and, you know, I gave this, like, it was, I, I, this was like my first, like, experience was just giving it as a, as a pain dose. And at the time, I think our protocol was like 0.3 milligrams per kilogram or something, was it? Now, now we've, we've adjusted it and we actually have it in our pain management protocol. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a 0.5 milligrams per kilogram. Um, and then we also have the option of doing, and that's, and that's like a, a, a direct like IV push if you were going to do it. But at the same time, we've also added in a, uh, if it's two milligrams per kilogram, um, oh, sorry, I'm thinking about the wrong thing. I'm thinking about post-catastrophic. We've added in a few different other things, but we've got it basically where you can do 0.2 milligrams per kilogram mm-hmm. into like a hundred bag of normal saline and do this slow IV push. And then that got me thinking like, okay, well, what's the difference between pushing this slowly and pushing this quickly? And then talking with my, and I've read some stuff and research, basically it's like reinforces the slow IV push. It generally has less long-term effects on it. And and, and Justin even talked about that in that paper that he wrote about Mm -hmm. having the slow push actually gave a better, he had better reaction to it. Uh, and, and with my friend talking with them, the, the, doc, the doctor that's working with them with the ketamine therapy uh, basically gave them the option, okay, we're going to try to do like, we're going to do a faster push for one day and then we're going to do a slow push. And I want to see like, you know, which one you actually like have a better reaction to because they basically, they're not really sure why it reacts certain ways with some people, like why it's a bad reaction with some and, a, a, you know, a good reaction with other people. Um, and yeah, it was interesting here talking to him, talking about, yeah, she did, you know, like a fast push for one of them. And it was like way too much. She was saying like, it was like, I just, I didn't like it. Like it wasn't, it didn't have a positive necessarily. It wasn't like a negative effect he was talking about, but not nearly a positive. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, he's like the other session, we had the slow IV push and it was like, huh. And I'm like, wow, it's really cool to talk to somebody who's experienced that yeah. and like not necessarily a pain management or like, you know, catastrophic situation or excited delirium or whatever we're giving it for, but just as like a, oh, hey, which made me go, I, I started doing a little bit more research on ketamine and I'm like, oh, wow, like the FDA approved um, in 2019 the use of what they're calling R-ketamine. There's an R-ketamine and S-ketamine, which are basically isomers of, the, of ketamine that they like created that uh, are less... Um, I want to <laughs> I wanted to say less lethal, but not that. Uh, right. They're basically less, uh, uh, just like a lower dose in a sense. I'm not exactly sure between behind the exact mechanism of action for it, but all I know is they're basically developed this nasal spray of of what they're of S ketamine, and basically they're saying that this is like for antidepressants is like having a massive psychological benefit mm-hmm. for people who have a like suicidal suicidal ideation type. And I was like, wow, man, this could be a huge game changer in EMS even where if that was a potential thing that we carried, like they're saying like, so with a normal antidepressant, you know, it takes like, you can take up to 10 days, two weeks before the antidepressants actually start working in your system where you're actually ha- feeling the effects of Mm-hmm. whereas this they're saying it can take effect within 10 minutes mm-hmm. so somebody yeah. who's potentially wanting to you know kill themselves 
we give them, hey, we're going to give you this nasal spray, and then potentially within 10 minutes, those suicidal ideations, I'm not going to say they're going to go away, but you've got a dumbing down of it where maybe you're taking some of that depressive factor and removing it, or at least inhibiting it. Yeah, that's right. And so it's just like, there's just so much cool stuff coming out with it it. that I'm like, yeah, that I'm like, wow, this is so rad. Like, this drug was essentially like, what, it it was uh, taken from, I mean, PCP was created back in the 50s, and then this drug came from, you know, our street term of angel dust, which is kind of like, okay, this is crazy. And they created this thing, you know, from what was PCP and created this, this, this drug that, yeah, now I think has so many more uses, uh, especially in, in EMS and in, you know, in the pre-hospital and hospital setting. So, so that, I, that's part of the reason why I'm so excited about it because of the advances and just the safety factor in it. Like, right. no respiratory depression. I'm not going to completely, like, there's not the potential I'm going to kill this guy. The, I think the you know, only thing I can think of off the top of my head that ketamine can be potentially dangerous dangerous for would be induction with sepsis or induction right. in an event where you have used up all of your catecholamines. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, you can get some hypotension yeah. um, and maybe yeah. half the yeah. dose. Yeah, but, half the quarter of a dose. Yeah, but again, you're not... What are your, What's your alternative? Yeah. Um, you know, so... Um, it is a pretty safe, it is safe, safe medication. Well, right I, I feel like we should put this out there. Obviously, you know, follow your local protocols. We're not suggesting you <laughs> right. give any dose that you're hearing on right. our podcast. But Isaiah, what are the, in your protocols, what are the reasons that you can give ketamine for? So we've got, when we talk, when we talk about excited delirium mm-hmm. and, um, and that's, that's status, chemical restraint. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so chemical restraint and uh, for pain management. The big one that we actually, we just added in, and this was a push from uh, kind of most of the guys on the line, but it was specifically from one guy in our, it heads up like our extrication stuff, was we were having uh, a number of pretty extensive, like I'm working now at a different station with a medic and I was an ambulance and an engine, so I kind of swap back and forth. Previously, the last couple of years, I was at our truck station. So I was on the truck with all of our, in, in how we operate, we're, we'll probably get shot down from people with this, but like not every single one of our engines has, you know, Omatro tools or whatever tool you guys use, mm-hmm. um, or her tools, you know, on them. So we have a dedicated couple rescues, like a rescue, a truck, and then a, basically a backup rescue. And those all have tools on them. Mm-hmm. So I was working at the station, but we kept running into these calls where, like, you know, these extrications are pretty complicated. We we had a guy on 97 who got went the other way and he got basically ran over by a dump truck, mm-hmm. um, uh, like a legitimately like huge giant dump truck ran over his car. And you know, so the guy's alive, severe pain. We got like leg entrapment, and the thought was, hey, can we give a just an IM disassociative dose to this guy, like? while they're in this entrapped, you know, while we're trying to cut them out of this thing, which, and then, uh, you know, after reading the paper and stuff, I'm like, it seems like we've had positive effect from that. But at the same time, I'm like, man, are we like causing massive psychological trauma at the same time? 
because of like the seats in the car and we're like cutting the roof off around him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and in Justin's paper, he's talking specifically about like loud noises right. and all these different things. And I'm like, Oh man, maybe this is like causing some harm. But at the same time, we're not seeing like before there's been the, the real, um, kind of people have held back from, you know, you know, like giving like a fentanyl dose or something like that while they're in this situation, because we really don't know like what the extent of the injuries are. Are we, you know, are, do we have some sort of lung injury that we don't necessarily know about that we're going to cause more respiratory depression and cause further harm? To right. Pain? And initial safety so, is the most uh, important yeah, thing yeah, too. Absolutely. If they're being combative in there, you yeah. have to do something. Yeah. So just to yeah, get this exactly. Straight, though, exactly. You guys have chemical restraint, alternative analgesia, and then do you guys do induction for RSI? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have, we also have it for induction. And I'd say that's honestly probably the, well, I don't want to say the most because we're not, it's not like we're RSI people left and right. Um, we, uh, it, it's funny. We talked about doing this and then uh, just what, three, three days ago on day one, when I was on shift, we had a uh, vehicle versus pedestrian on the parkway here in town. Uh, so highway speed, yeah, the speed limit is supposed to be 45 going through town on it, but people drive, you know, 65. And, uh, uh, you know, a teenage boy crossing the parkway. So we had, there's a, like, one of those, you know, blinking lights they can hit and mm-hmm. be able to cross mm-hmm. the highway, which nobody's stoked that they have that there. Cause it's like, why would you put a crosswalk on an, yeah. essentially what would, some people would call an interstate. So, yeah, kid uh, tries to cross. Somebody from out of town doesn't recognize the yellow lights and basically hits this kid at highway speed. He obviously wasn't paying attention to see the traffic was stopping. So, um, and we're our station was just around the corner. We get there on scene, and you know we got this, uh, you know, a huge crowd. The traffic backed up everywhere, and uh, there's one lady, you know, holding C sign for this for this poor kid, and you know. It's like GCS is like four. I mean, he's completely responsive. He's got the therapist posturing going on. Like he's mm-hmm. obviously got a severe head injury. Um, but at the same time, we're like, well, what can we do? So we like, we just load and go. And I was, I mean, we were, I mean, to my own horn, we were pretty stoked. We had like a from initiation of call to dropping the patient off in the trauma room at the hospital with 25 minutes. Nice. Awesome. So we're like, we felt. Yeah, we felt pretty good about it. And, you know, we have three guys in the back, and I was running the call, but it's like, you know, we're, it's, you guys know how it is. It's like all team stuff. It's like, hey, I'm going to jump on this. I'm going to jump on this. Mm-hmm. And we had one guy working on, you know, airway, making sure his airway was good and basically bagging for this kid because his, his breathing rate was super random and weird. And we're like, oh, my God, this, you know, this kid is about to code on us. And in the back of the medic and uh like what can we do we're like well do we want to try an rsim like right now or do we just try to like do we prep them for rsi and we're like well we got a short transport to the hospital we're like seven minutes away but like let's just prep them for rsi so we gave him initial induction dose of ketamine like 150 because he kept like he was out and then he would do these like he would like disturb at posture and then like try to lift his body off of the backboard, you know? And like, we're like, Oh my God, like stay down, you know, but he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way we're going to reason with this, you know, this patient or anything. So it's like, we got to give him something so he doesn't like cause further injury to himself. And, uh, yeah, we gave that like 150 milligram induction dose uh, on this kid and, uh, you know, just 
boosted him with as much oxygen to pre-oxygenate him for RSI and let the hospital know and kind of package them ready for, for the, for the trauma doc that was there. And yeah, it worked great. It was one of those, like, it was like, wow, we just talked about this. And this is one of those cases where I think everything went really well with it, but it's mm-hmm. also at the same time, like, I don't know the long-term effects. Obviously the long, long-term for this, for this kid isn't the outlook isn't, isn't great. Um, Sure. But he's still alive as far as I know. So it's like, um, it's one of those things where, man, it seems like a really great drug that we can give and use just a tool. Like, you know, it's just another tool, but it's a really great tool that, that, um, yeah. I, I've been having positive experiences with it at least. Like sure. I haven't been like, Oh man, I, w- I'm, <laughs> I wish we wouldn't have given that one. You know, yeah. I don't think I've ever said that after giving it. So, well, Hey, we've got to, uh, wrap up our time. But, um, Isaiah, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us and, um, you know, really appreciate your input. Uh, super stoked that, you know, you're doing so well over there in Central Oregon and uh, really happy to have you on today, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a fun topic. And, I, I, you know, I think just, like, the more people talk about it and the more comfortable people get with it, too, I think. The uses for it, I think. That's the cool thing is I think there's going to be a lot more uses that come out in the future for us that we don't even realize they're there yet. Mm-hmm. That's why it's exciting. I think it's exciting for me. Um, but and it's good Steve, to talk to some fantastic, to some great minds. <laughs> oh, well, thank nice. you. I very, appreciate that. He and obviously doesn't know very us very nice. well. <laughs> I'm not five star, but thank you. <laughs> and Isaiah, thank you so much for, uh, for your service. Uh, yes. 100%. Thank you. Yes. Why we sat over here and did nothing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, next time. It's going to be really good because I know I'm horrible at understanding the pharmacology behind a lot of the drugs we give, mm-hmm. um, and it makes a big difference. And Dr. Selback mm-hmm. is going to be here. We'll go over the pharmacology. We'll go over the ketamine brain continuum, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, really good topic. It is super amazing. And uh, we'll, we'll get some – I'd like to start out with a case. Start with a case. End with a case. Let's do it. Sounds All good. Right. Can't All wait. Right. All right, we'll Isaiah. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right. You guys have a good one. All right. You too, buddy. See ya. Bye.